This week, the obvious question is, what should our lives on Mars look like? I'm Mike Trevisano with Bob Meyer and Joe Bertalek. Each week, one of us asks the other two a question that may seem to be obvious, but doesn't seem to have any obvious answer. We see what we can find out. We invite you to help us find some answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. Recently, a story on CNN reported that over 100,000 people want to be part of the Mars One project to colonize the red planet beginning in 2022. You can find a link to the story under this episode on our site, which will also take you to the Mars One site, where you can find an application if you're interested. So you might really be into this. You can never return to Earth, but you'll be part of a very special society, the first of its kind. So what should that society look like? What laws do you bring? What rights? Who runs what? And what happens if it starts to fall apart? Presuming it is an international community, which governing philosophy should win out? What language? There's a lot to think about. 2022 is right around the corner. So let us know what you think. I'm not sure if you guys have seen in the news lately, but, uh, you know, they're starting the line to purchase your tickets to go to Mars, right? It's more and more in the news uh, that that you can you can do this. This is a this is becoming a reality. So let's flash forward to, you know, some amount of time where there's 100 people, maybe a couple hundred people living there, maybe a thousand people. So my question is, who runs what? Do you just set up everything like it is here? And if so, what government wins out? Is Do you have an economic system like we do? Do you have money? Do you, how do you set up life? You're, you're, um, you could do whatever you want. You, there's nobody that can stop you, right? Earth isn't gonna be able to quick send some, some things to stop whatever you're doing. So, what do you set up? How do you decide? Oh, Mike, Mike, here I thought you were going to ask an easy question like, would you go? You know, because I was going to say, hell no. <laughs> I don't think there's anything there I'm really that interested in. Although I hear people really want to go. I mean, the first settlers, you know, they're signing up for that as well to be the first ones to go. What I saw when people were getting older and retiring is they're moving to Florida in enormous numbers. You know, New York is very crowded uh, and the cost of living there is very high. So when it came time to move, they looked to Florida for the climate, for the, you know, the, the newness, the, the, all the things that Florida had to offer. And I remember the first trip I took down there to visit some, some relatives. Um, it looked just like New York, even to the point where it had the same stuff out on the front lawns and the same things in the house. And the community, it seemed like, couldn't undo itself and, and carry forward to the new thing. It brought all the old stuff with it. And I think we see that you know, all over the world. And, and go back to New York the little communities that form, or in Florida, the communities that form around the people that settle there. They don't, they don't become something different. They just, it seems like they bring whatever it is they had with them that feels familiar and then go forward from that. So my guess is that it, because in some ways I think we're limited as far as our ability to envision something and then change it, there's somewhat of a limitation on that. It seems like a lot of what would be set up would be there would be exactly what we have here might be new and improved, might have some little bells and whistles on that make it better, you know, in that sense. But as far as a new thought, you know, a creative thought, something different, I don't have any examples where that's happened. I mean, again, I've seen modifications where a school system will be a certain way and then it'll it'll shift or charter schools, things like that. But to me, they haven't eliminated schools. They haven't done anything really unique and different. They've just altered something very superficial from the from the 
edges, if you think of it that way, and kept the kept the mainframe, kept the the thing that was structure was built on. So if I'm the guy, assuming I'm the guy that's in charge of the setup, because that's the thing is, I wouldn't want to go as as a mere passenger if if you know, because I think the society would be very similar to what's here on Earth. And then the question is. Why bother? You know, what are we going there for? <laughs> you know, I'm going to live in a in a storage container, basically, with some oxygen pumped in. I, I could do that here. So that, that kind of leads me to my first question about the whole f- concept of going to Mars is why bother? Like, I mean, I know this whole space new frontier, kind of like the Wild West. It would be exciting to go to, to be a, put a mark on history. That would be cool. But if I were going and I was setting things up, I would just go by myself. No humans would be allowed to go. It would just me, me, and my uh, my ark. I'd call my spaceship the ark, and I'd take two of each animal, uh, and because they're not gonna they're not gonna fight over things other than maybe food. So I'll build a garden, have some sustainable you know energy sources and things like that, and oxygen. But it'd just be me and the animals, and then and eventually we'd die off, and people would find us and make up some story about why we were there and where we came from, some kind of alien spaceship. I don't know. It's, the thing's, it's just crazy to me, but I, I guess I'm more leaning towards it's what what's the purpose of it. It's like if life's not good enough here, then do something about it. It's um, I know both of you guys have read like Daniel Quinn's books and I think the one's called Civilization. It's like, you know, the hunters and gatherers and just how societies progressed or degressed. And I don't I don't see it unless there's some radical leader there that people follow. But then is is it really a cult? So I'm going to shut up right now because my mind is swirling. So you back thinking about what you were talking about, Joe, I, I, I agree that given the opportunity, I think people would bring their culture with them. But I have a feeling they're not going to have as much of that ability in this one, right? Like they, they're going to probably be very limited to what, what personal goods or, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to, to exactly bring all the ingredients to make the, the dishes that, you know, define their culture or their favorite thing, right? I mean, they may be very little making it up. So what the hell do I know? But that's kind of what I, what I would assume. I also think that the culture is going to be probably made up of a lot of different types of people, right? I mean, I don't think we're going to get to Mars with just just Americans, right? I have a feeling it's going to be one of these very cooperative international kind of things where you – I could pick just like the International Space Station, right? That it would probably look more like that than, than this. So all of a sudden now you really do have a blending of a whole bunch of different people, a whole bunch of different things, and a limited ability to bring themselves along themselves their cultures along so maybe the question in my mind changes a little bit to to what does it look like rather to something i'm going to step back should you figure that shit out first should we all like sit down and say all right we're going to move to mars this is what the systems are going to look like we're going to have this kind of system of government we're going to have this kind of economy because as far as I know from the news stories, that is not happening. <laughs> They're just talking about like, yeah, give me a ticket. I want to go. And I think it is, Bob. It has a lot to do with, you know, spirit of adventure, spirit of like like the Wild West kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. of independence, of, of, of doing something so grand in, in life that to make life, your life experience, you know, something truly special. You know, I, I think people are definitely drawn to that. But should we have that conversation of what's it going to look like? now before we even get there 
Yeah, what, so what do you risk like, if you don't? We're so good at, at doing that. It's like, I'm, as you said, I'm thinking what we can't figure out between, know. you know, different parties, political parties, different groups of people, ethnic backgrounds, ethnic, ethnic backgrounds, things like that. And I was thinking as you were saying it, well, of course, they're all going to speak English because that just makes sense. I mean, how are they going to communicate? You know, these different people from all over the world, different languages and stuff. How are they going to communicate? What would be the starting point? You know, English has become kind of a basic, uh, I'll say universal, that's far from true. But from my perspective and our perspective, English is a thing. And and the countries that want to come on board economically or, you know, want to participate have to speak English or at least have a good translator along with them. So it's like, I think the answer, and, and this is a crazy answer, is you kind of have to wipe everybody's memory. You have to kind of start off fresh, you know, and this would be a great experiment. We could, I don't know how we do it here, but so like, like taking a bunch of kids and throwing them into a place and, and without any assistance, allowing them to become something and seeing what happens, you know, and, and see if there's like being raised by wolves, if you would turn into a wolf or you would turn into, you know, something different, even wolves wouldn't be right because then you'd have a wolf child or whatever. But what would it look like if we could actually take a group of people and, and I'll say wipe their memory, but not everything because we need, we need people to understand how to do things, how to survive and so on. But take away the things that make us different and then see what develops. And that would be incredibly, incredibly neat, I mean, to watch something like that. I just have this feeling just, I don't know, just being a, the historian kind of in me says, it's not going to be any different, Joe, because people are people. And somebody's going to murder somebody. Somebody's going to rape somebody. Somebody's going to be the great altruistic leader. And that's great. But there, there's going to be problems. There's going to be conflicts. People are going to... Uh, tend to their own, uh, hold their ground. People are going to um, develop common interests with other people and fight against those that don't share the same belief structures. Even if they're kids, you know, I think of like uh, back when they did the PBS documentaries where they took a group of kids and they, they followed them, you know, through the years. Um, and they're no different than you and I. I mean, they, they, they develop on their own, you know. Um, so I'm a little... I, Again, I go back to the why, why bother principle. <laughs> you know, let's get it right. You know, start with two people like Adam and Eve. Uh, that didn't work out so well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, it depends, you know. It depends on how you, you know, depends how you look at it, I guess. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's what we're trying to do, right? Start over. It's like the do-over, right? It's That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. But I agree with both of you on the same hand. It's like if we're going to do over, shouldn't there be some kind of meeting first to say let let's what do we want this to be like? Like for me, if it were me, it would be more like a hippie compound kind of thing or a commune where it's like we all work together. There there's no you know there's no rich poor. It's it's kind of everybody works together for the the good. We work the land. We we all. You know, we all eat together, we all share together, but, you know, that, that breaks down too. I mean, we've, we've seen that before, that 60s subculture doesn't necessarily thrive and exist today. It does in some pockets, but but not as uh, across the board. So I, I wonder if the, the other thing I think would happen if this did come to fruition is that it would be a reality show. And then I think there really wouldn't be a culture. It would be a pseudo culture because everyone would be knowing the cameras are on and acting. It seems like that's what people want nowadays is they they want to live vicariously through others. So the cameras will probably be rolling. Maybe that's a good thing because I think to some extent, you know, 
People want to be, well, they might want to be the bad person for ratings or they might be the good person to show this is who I really am, even though that's not who they really are. Hmm. Yeah, so we're, we're going to wrap up here in a minute. I can feel it coming. So I, I just have to say, I, I got to go back and watch Star Trek. I have to watch how it all started. You know, I, I, was, back, I was back there when it began in the 60s, I guess it was, uh, the first episodes where all of that seemed to work. You know, there were all those different Vulcans and Romulans and, you know, Klingons and all this. And, and somewhere there was arguments and stuff, but, but there was this spaceship traveling through, through uh, the universe that had a collection of people on it that seemed to have gotten beyond all of the, the stuff we're talking about, all that cultural stuff. And if you think of them as being on a planet somewhere or doing their thing, somehow it worked. And they talked about how it was back back in the days, the early days of Earth when there were wars and there were fights, but somehow they'd overcome all that. And I, I think Gene Roddenberry was the, the author of that. There must be something there that he had, he had clearly in mind when he put that together as to how it would work. And I think maybe it requires me to go back and look at that a little bit and look at the current versions of Star Trek and how they've evolved and that Star Wars, even all, all the movies where science fiction helps us see what we could be, what we possibly could be without really understanding how we got there. So it's kind of exciting to think to look at that and see how did that come about? What, did, what were they doing at that point? Yeah, you made me think of something, Joe, in that we're going to take people that are here and maybe the people that want to go to Mars are the people that want a better future, right? So I, I see that working for a few years until those folks have kids. And I, I just think rebellion is just a natural element of, of society that they're going to be like, well, this is my parents' world. This isn't the world I want. And then that's where things kind of branch off from there that we're not necessarily as one person or society in control of. Uh, but I think it could work for a while where, you know, whoever that person is says, this is how it's going to be up here. There's not going to be any money and we're all going to work together and everyone's a leader. Um However, that is, and that might be this utopian society, but I think eventually it's gonna, it's gonna break down when when new people come into the, the fold and new kids with new thinking, and then they're gonna take it where they want it to go. You know, on on the opposite end of the of the hippie thing is is that it could just be a a, a, a military establishment, right? Just set it up like the military set up a very, very strong chain of command, set up a very, very strong hierarchy of who says what and who does what when, that kind of stuff, and and control the supply. And and it's funny because I think that would functionally, that probably work, but we don't live that way in, in a regular society, right? We've determined that in regular society, we don't want to live that way, so we don't, we choose not to. So would we want to choose that <laughs> voluntarily going into something like Mars? It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. One thing I, I'm sure I can count on, though, is that one, we should talk about it before we go there, and two, we're not going to come up with anything, and we're just going to go anyway. Like I can, I can bank on that. That I can bank on. So, uh, that being said, uh, any final thoughts from you guys, and we'll close this one out. I'm good, Mike. I I, I agree with you. I think it's, a, it's a, the whole idea is crazy just from the the start and yet it's inevitable you know if, if we survive whatever we're going through right now as a, as a as a world we'll certainly be branching out and and uh, contaminating the rest of the universe as quickly as we can <laughs> <laughs> you know for me it's a crazy notion um 
would I go? I, that's I think Joe mentioned that I was hoping that would be the question. I mean, I would. Joe knows this. <laughs> We've talked about it before. If it were within my affordable means to go, I'd go. Uh, and I think the 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 lesser number of people, the better. You know, because um, I, I I think it's like I, I like I liken it to a, a work project that if there's you know a strong leader and a couple other people that that get the vision and they can make that work. But when you start adding so many people and so many ideas into it, it, it just gets mucked up and nothing happens. And I, I don't want, I don't want Mars to be like that. You know, let's start it off right, guys. Yeah, <laughs> come yeah. on. This is a big deal. I get no better. <laughs> yeah, colonizing no another planet. We should probably get this right. You know, yeah. do the best we it's can to get it up. off on the right foot. But if anything, you know, I'm just going to be in a little like pod on Mars. So it's like I think that's important because of my ego tells me I'm the first man on Mars. This is important. I'm here. But then with all the other stuff around me and, and some solar wind or whatever it is could wipe me out in a matter of seconds. Um, I'm not really in control of anything. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys. So, to to the folks listening, what do you think? What do you think if 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 we set up shop at Mars? How do we start? What do we? How or sh- should we even think of that? Or just kind of wing it? But let us know what. Let us know what you think. Uh, Obvious question. Uh, dot wordpress dot com. Thanks for listening, and uh, over and out till next time.